Great sideline work by Davis and Crowder. That's an incredible interception by Marcus May. Fresh off their first win of the season, the Jets will close out the home portion of their schedule by playing host to the Cleveland Browns. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Numbers Game. Dan Grassa joined, as always, by my co-host, Cynthia Freeland of the NFL Network. Cynthia, happy holidays. How are you? How's life? I think that the Chagachinos paid off because that Jets win, they were obviously out in my neighborhood, and obviously the Chagachinos must have helped. You must have rode by the stadium right before the game, maybe sprinkled some good vibes on the team as they kind of walked in. And as you said, you know, it's the magic touch out there. Maybe they should be the L.A. Jets because they that was the secret to the success so far in 2020. But, you know, as you pointed out, all kidding aside, it is good to get in the win column. And you heard so many players, coaches talk about that raucous, joyous atmosphere in that locker room. They were treated as if they won the Super Bowl. I mean, I think it's great to have whatever you might want to think as a fan in the future. Don't worry about that. Get the wins because the way the atmosphere works in the locker room, you're just going to get a better opportunity to really judge who your players are when they're at their best, not when things are not going the right way. Players and coaches want to win. And for a lot of the rookies, well, not a lot of the rookies, all of the rookies, that was their first taste of winning in the National Football League. So you know that they enjoyed that extra special. But let's not waste any more time, right? Let's dive into this game because there were a lot of good things to talk about, of course. A 23-20 victory over the L.A. Rams, ending that losing streak. And look, the Jets came out all guns a-blazing here. They jumped down to a 20-3 lead midway through that third quarter. Rams were a little lackadaisical, but don't fault the Jets. They took full advantage of it. Yeah, that quick start really helped. And those quick passes, and those passes in the seam, and those passes with the average depth of target that weren't that high, but they were all successful. And that was a really big deal, because if you look to see Sam Darnold's final stats, over half of his total yards came on quick passes, passes to the seam, passes to players aligned in the backfield, just smart strategic moves to stay the heck away from any pressure that the Rams were going to bring. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so cliche, right, when we talk about or you hear coaches say all three phases, we got to play complementary football. This was complementary football. Literally all three phases had a hand in this win, the offense, the defense, and the special teams. When you talk about a block punt, even Braden Mann's tackle on that punt return turned out to be one of the most important plays of this entire game. And they also, on the offensive end, it's become an old hat here, you and I talking about this, but they extended their streak eight consecutive games now, scoring on their opening possession, franchise record, and still the longest active streak in the NFL. It's my favorite streak in the NFL right now. I Like, absolute favorite. <laughs> Well, pretty soon we might be talking about adding to a winning streak as well, and they'll try to do that against Cleveland coming up here in Week 16. But we'll hold off on that for now. Let's talk a little bit more about this team and what they did against the Rams, and specifically on the offensive side of the ball. Six players on the field for all 65 snaps. You mentioned the quarterback, Sam Darnold, as well as five of his offensive linemen there, Becton, Elfline, McGovern, Josh Andrews, and George Fant. And oh, by the way, didn't mention this one yet, that was against the number one ranked defense in all the National Football League. And Makai Becton, do you know how many pressures he allowed? That yeah. I, I, I mean, it's each week it's either zero or one, so it really doesn't make that much of a difference. He's rock solid as it comes at that left tackle position. The quarterback, 
Sam Darnold, 22 of 31, 207 yards, touchdown pass, 71% with the completions, his highest single game completion percentage of the season. Second straight game, Cynthia, he played without turning over the football as well. And the other thing that I liked about it is that he distributed the ball to seven different targets in the offense, getting a bunch of guys involved, and it makes things that much more problematic for the opposing defense. Like I said, when you look at the next-gen stats that kind of go back and recap the game, you're going to see great numbers on quick passes. He was 6 of 18, 114 yards, and that touchdown. Now, if you look to see, that was also in the seams and to a player aligned in the backfield, which are all interesting folds in this offense that will add to potential success going forward in the future. And also, that allowed Sam to be more efficient on those harder-to-get passes, those ones outside the numbers where he was 9 of 10 for 75 yards. Outside the numbers, you also got to show a little bit of arm strength when it comes to that stuff. And Sam's got plenty of that. And as you said, he was pinpoint when it came to those passes against the L.A. Rams here. Ty Johnson, six catches, 39 yards, second touchdown in the last three games. This is a running back, but this is a guy who showed his versatility and his skills and made a contribution in the passing game. That was good to see. Yeah, it's fun to see the new use of kind of a new sort of fold in this offense and this rookie who's really come on strong and he's very versatile and he's also very elusive. I was really impressed to see some of the ways he was maneuvering outside of really good tacklers. All right, let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball because those guys did a heck of a job too. Seven players on the field for all 59 snaps. The mainstays, Marcus May, Bryce Hall, Bless Austin, Javelin Guidry, Arthur Millette, Harvey Longy and Neville Hewitt. And this was a defense, by the way, that didn't have Foley Fadukasi. He was on the reserve COVID list on the D-line. So you're missing one of your big guys in the middle. And Jordan Jenkins, longest tenure jet, placed on injured reserve with the shoulder injury. So they were missing him on the outside in that leadership as well. But look at a couple of these other numbers. They kept the Rams on third down to just two for 11. This is a Rams offense, which is certainly one of the most prolific in the National Football League. And boy, there was a lot of three and outs in this game. Um, guess how many times that they were able to convert on third down in the first half? The answer, again, zero. Another great stat for the Jets. The interesting part here was that the pressure caused a lot of changes for Jared Goff. He was over five in the first half against pressure, which is not like Jared Goff. And he was 0 for four passing on the run. That's another kind of hallmark of this offense. And the Jets were able to really scheme to make sure that this wasn't happening for the Rams. And you saw it on all the highlights all week long. How about the play by Bryce Hall, the rookie, getting his first career interception. But you know what? He said, forget about two hands. I'm just going to use the one highlight-worthy play, outstanding, one of the big moments in that first half, which helped give the Jets a lot of that momentum in building the lead that they did. Yeah, usually you don't see the defensive guys make those one-handed grabs like that. Usually they they make some silly comment on, like, that's why they play defense, but apparently not in the case of Bryce Hall. And Marcus May, again, rock solid as always. Six tackles, had that crucial breakup on that fourth and four, which was really the Rams' last hope late in the fourth quarter. We've talked a lot about the DBs. We mentioned how many of them played each and every snap. And there's a reason behind that, Cynthia, because nickel defense, that was pretty prevalent here for the Jets. Yeah, the interesting part is that when you look back ahead of this game, they scouted this really well. Because if you look to see Jared Goff's interception rate, so touchdown to interception, it's almost even when he was facing nickel defenses. Whereas it was really lopsided, eight to one, eight touchdowns to just one interception against all other defensive back configurations. So what did they do? They used five defensive backs on 100% of snaps. That was super smart. It worked out. It got them off to that early lead, and they were able to just carry that momentum through the rest of the game.
And that's the way the NFL has kind of gone, right? At least in terms of the offense. I mean, now teams are almost starting three wide receivers pretty much each and every single snap. So really not that all odd, but it was effective for the Jets and they walk out of there with a victory. Now they look to make it two in a row. They're going to take on the Cleveland Browns in the home finale, which is what we will talk about coming up next right here on The Numbers Game. Stick around. Welcome to Bet365, the world's favorite sports book. You can bet on football, basketball, baseball, hockey, MMA, and soccer. You can even make a bet while the game is still being played. Yes, you can. But here's the best part. Bet365 is now available in New Jersey. Bet365, the world's favorite sports book, now in New Jersey. And welcome back to the numbers game. Dan Grasso alongside Cynthia Freeland of the NFL Network. So next up on the schedule for the New York Jets, it's the Cleveland Browns. It's the home finale. Second straight season, the Browns are coming to MetLife Stadium. They defeated the Jets way back in week two of 2019, a Monday night game, which didn't go too well for the green and white, of course. Trevor Simeon started in place of Sam Darnold. He didn't even finish the game because he fell victim to a Miles Garrett sack. And so Luke Falk had to come in and finish the rest of the game. But not the case this time around here, but it's a lot better Browns team, too. They're 10-4, and four, and they currently hold the top wild card spot in the national or in the AFC, I should say, Cynthia. And if you look at things specifically in that AFC North, because the Pittsburgh Steelers have now hit the skids and lost three straight games, Browns find themselves just one game back of first place with two to play. The interesting part is that the number of times when I project forward how many times three teams from that division, meaning the Ravens, Steelers, and Browns, all make the playoffs, it's something like 60% of the time. So this is a really strong division overall. And they are on the verge of getting to the postseason, something they haven't done since 2002, which is the second longest drought in the Super Bowl era in terms of not making the postseason. And this is only the first time since 2007 that this team has won double-digit games. It's been a long time between drinks for this Browns franchise. Interesting part when you see the Browns is that they look completely different, right? It took a few years, but maybe some of the analytics are working. Just saying. Oh, yeah, a little bit late. That's right. But, hey, you know what? Maybe there is that carryover effect to a certain degree. They've won five out of six. They beat the Giants at MetLife Stadium 20-6. to six. They brought their sleeping bags. They're just going to stay in MetLife Stadium all week long. So they're going to be ready to go for Sunday. Cut down on the travel, of course, during the holidays. It could be miserable, miserable this time of year. But the offense ranked 10th overall, third on the ground, but Baker Mayfield is really the guy who was the architect of this offense. Third year in the league, was taken two spots ahead of Sam Darnold in that 2018 draft. 11th in the National Football League with a 99.4 QBR. And that also happens to be the third highest passer rating in team history. Well, the other thing that's interesting and maybe more helpful in terms of figuring out how to, to navigate this game is he has four games in a row with at least two touchdown passes. So it's not just Nick Chubb. It's the balance that's created between this Kevin Stefanski play action, passing the run game and getting all of those wide receivers, especially without Odell Beckham Jr., getting them involved. 25 touchdowns, eight INTs for Baker. So he's playing really effective football here in year number three. You mentioned Nick Chubb. Well, he is one half of the machine that really makes up that Cleveland Browns ground game. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they're third in the NFL. A very effective running attack is going to take a tremendous amount of pressure off of the quarterback shoulders. And they have done that this year, certainly in a large degree of their games. Nick Chubb's only played 10 games this year, Cynthia. He's fifth in the NFL in rushing, 931 yards. But 
He leads all running backs in the NFL 5.6 yards per carry every time he touches the ball. He's a handful. Yeah, that's pretty good. He also has five touchdowns since week 12, which is tied for the second most in the NFL over that span. And also, if you look to see kind of a historical reference point, it's only him and the 2012 version of Adrian Peterson that have averaged over 90 rushing yards per game played and also 5.5 yards per carry. So only the two of them in the past 10 seasons. Defensively for the Cleveland Browns, they got a couple of guys who can wreck games, starting with Miles Garrett. And it's unfortunate for him that he came down with the COVID-19 because I think up until that point, he was in the discussion probably for defensive player of the year. He was having a phenomenal year. He's got 11 sacks, which is tied for fifth in the NFL. And as I said, still cost him a couple of games. Yeah, unfortunately for Miles Garrett, one of the things that will keep him from potentially winning Defensive Player of the Year is the fact that there's just a few other guys, you know, like that Aaron Donald guy that we talked about, that have just had more consistency. You're right, he missed some games, and unfortunately for him, that could be the difference between the the award and missing the award. So this is the second straight week, though. Jets are going to have to play a defensive player who has that type of potential, as you said, Donald last week, and now Miles Garrett here. They also have a couple of guys who can also get to the quarterback, Olivier Vernon, the former Dolphin and Giant with seven sacks on the year, and a former Jet, Sheldon Richardson, who has four and a half sacks on the season as well. And defensively, look, they got hit up pretty good a couple of weeks back against the Baltimore Ravens, but what we saw last Sunday night against the Giants, night and day between those two units. Yeah, 41-point swing in that one they allowed 47 points to the Ravens and then just six to the Giants part of that is game script let's let's be honest because that game between Baltimore and them were was absolutely just having to match touchdown for touchdown and that's a little bit different than the strategy that happened in the last one against the Giants where they pulled out to a big lead and could just run Cynthia let's take a look at the upcoming schedule and you know what it's dwindled down to just one last game left for the New York Jets after this one against Cleveland, it's a trip up to Foxborough to close out things in style in 2021, as a matter of fact, against the New England Patriots. Should be a lot of fun. Can you believe we've already made it to this point in this? I mean, like, forget it. But we're at the end of the year. What's happened? How fast has it gone? I have no idea. I feel like it's maybe week five. Like, it, it feels like week five. <laughs> well, we have all our old shows that they could go back and watch from week five. I know I like to from time to time. Just on a night, sit down, pop in, you know, like a week seven numbers game just for the heck of it. It's always a good time. Invite the exactly. friends over. You know, sit around the fire. What could be better? But that's all the time we have for this week. Cynthia, enjoy the game. Continue having fun during the holiday break there. And uh, we'll do it again next week. Yes, yeah, stay out of the cold. Come back to the warm. You don't have that problem, unfortunately. Cynthia, good stuff as always. For Cynthia Freeland, I'm Dan Grasso. This has been the Numbers Game. Enjoy Jets football, everybody. So long.